I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Okay, so Alex Ovechkin has scored for Washington. They trail the Panthers 4-3 early in the third. So Ovechkin now with 740 career goals. That is one goal behind Brett Hall for the fourth most in the history of the National Hockey League. Tough night for the Canadians. 5-0. The Islanders lead that one early in the third. Also in the third, Patrice Bergeron has a natural hat trick. Boston up 3-0 on the Red Wings. Shots are 26-9 in favor of Boston. Lightning still lead the Leafs 1-0. Vegas up 3-1 on the Senators. Penguins lead the Flyers 2-1. Meanwhile, just getting underway are the Stars and the Flames. Going to be a special night at Rogers Place tomorrow. Kevin Lowe retirement ceremony starts at 545. The coverage on 630 Ched starts with the face-off show at 5. The game is at 730 can also tell you Thursday night football tonight. It is the Jets and the Colts. Colts lead at 14-7, a minute and a half into the second quarter. And on Kissing Country 103.9 tomorrow night, we're going to have the Elks and the Rough Riders in the final home game of the regular season for the Elks. They have not won one at Commonwealth Stadium yet. Blake Dermott is our in-game analyst for the Edmonton Elks, and he checks in now. Blake, good to talk to you, buddy. How are you doing? I'm good, Reed. Thanks for having me on. It is uh, always a pleasure. I, I want to start. Look, Kevin Lowe is obviously the talk of the town, and why not? Number four going to the rafters tomorrow. You sent Dave Campbell and I a very interesting picture from the 1980s that appears to feature uh, Mr. Lowe, Mr. Gretzky, and Mr. Messier, and a couple other people. What can you tell us about this photograph? Well, I, there's one person there that I'm not sure who that is, but uh, the, other, the, the other person in the photo is my father. And um, back in, in, uh, in the 80s um, and for a long time, my father was involved in minor hockey in Edmonton. And, and for a couple of uh, terms, my father was the uh, president of the Edmonton Metropolitan Hockey Association. So he's in charge of all minor hockey in Edmonton. And uh, there was some event that my dad was at. And uh, the three young uh, uh, individuals, Messier, with a lot of hair, and uh, or a lot of hair in, in uh, Mark's uh, time, and Wayne Gretzky sporting a beautiful mullet, and uh, and Kevin Lowe, uh, <laughs> and that was a, a picture that my father had uh, up on his wall and was always something that he cherished, and and uh, and yeah, that was, uh, and I'm, I'm I don't know exactly when it was, but uh, judging by the hairstyle and everything else, it would have been probably mid to late '80s that uh, that those guys were there, so they were still you know essentially babies probably in their 25 26 year old uh, time so it's a it's a great photo that uh, our family um, uh, has uh, up on the wall and and uh, that's their wall of fame and, and you know the funny thing is it's it's even higher than any pictures with me so um that's <laughs> <laughs> all right well that's that's special i guess uh that's as they say look um it, it it's interesting for you because you 
you know, in the in in the early '80s, you were going to the U of A, and then you became a pro football player. Um, so, and and you know, obviously, you played on championship teams with the Green and Gold while the the Oilers were uh, were winning. Were, were you? And I know you had an incredibly busy life, and I guess football and and wrestling too were was a big focus for you. But were you, uh, you know, a hockey fan? Was there were there ever any? Uh, there, I think there used to be a carnival of champions. I think that featured oh, members yeah. of the Double yeah. D. And the, like yeah. Well, in 1979, my first year at the U of A, um, the I was just just as freshman. I was 17, and I didn't turn 18 till September. But the the Oilers had their training camp at the U of A, and. Uh, this young kid, Wayne Gretzky, was on the ice, and I remember Dave Semenko. And, and the first time I met Wayne was in 1979 in the hallway of the uh, the Claire Drake Arena, and um, and Wayne was uh, you know this young 18 year old kid, and uh, um, and you know I'm same age as him. I think he's probably about eight months older than me, and had a conversation with him. And there was a, a number of players that were there, and we're all kind of wow, this is the guy. This is the you know, this is the uh, the franchise player, and you know, little did we know that he was going to be so such an historic uh, uh, element in the city of Edmonton. But uh, I remember having you know conversations with him, and you know, he's this eighteen year old kid going, "Hey, uh, hey, is there any great spots to meet girls?" <laughs> Just this conversation that eighteen year olds would have, right? And and uh, um, and then of course, uh, right about that time, Mark Messier showed up. And, and when I was uh, a kid playing hockey and I played up to junior. So at, at, um, I was playing till I was 20, I was playing junior B. So, you know, well with, by the time Gretzky was in his second or third year in the NHL, I was, I was still playing hockey and, uh, Mark Messier, uh, same age as me. I, I played, you know, peewee. I, my, I remember my father saying that I played in a, um, a, uh, minor hockey week game against Mark Messier. And, and I remember golfing with him later on, uh, uh, telling him this story. And, uh, you know, I, of course I embellished it quite a bit, but, uh, but saying that he was the second play- best player on the ice at that time, you know, in Pee Wee, and, <laughs> and then of course, you know, bumping into, to Kevin Lowe, um, over the years, because his, his brother, Kenny was our trainer. And uh, I don't know, uh, how many times a year, the, a lot of these guys would come by training camp or come by, you know, during the season, you know, to see Kenny and, and we'd all, uh, you know, get a chance to talk with him. So over the years, I've had many opportunities to bump into Kevin Lowe. And the, the one thing I can say about him is that, that always a class act. And he's a guy that, could meet you 10 years ago, but would still remember your name and still remember things that, uh, about your family and would always ask those kinds of questions. And he, he was, uh, I used to say that this guy should be running for politics in some place because he was just, uh, he was a class act and, uh, and, uh, you know, the success and the, the, um, recognition that he's going to achieve tomorrow night is, is long overdue. And, and, uh, and it's uh, due to somebody that, uh, that really truly deserves it. Not only in the NHL, but certainly uh, in the city of Edmonton. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a fun night tomorrow and a pretty good matchup as well with the Oilers taking on the the Rangers. Not the only game in town, of course, with the Elks taking on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Oh, man, Blake, I, I mean, what a what a tough year for the Elks. Um, I mean, it's it's one thing to miss the playoffs and potentially only win a couple games. We'll see if they can scratch something out here over the end of the season, but potentially um, to to not win a home game. And I, I, I want to get your take on something else, first of all. I want to flash back to last week. 
What did you think of of the Wilder reaction to the Simone Lawrence hit, and then the kind of brouhaha that 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 set set that off? Because I I wasn't overly impressed with Wilder's reaction there. Well, you know, the thing about it is, is that um, um, I, I would agree with you on that. Uh, the Simone Lawrence has has a history of of doing that kind of stuff, you know, and any, you know, he's, he's, I believe he's been fined a number of times over the course of his career. And, um, for, you know, the hit that he laid on Wilder was, was a contributing factor to, uh, obviously Wilder's reaction to that. Uh, it was a late hit. It was a arguably a low hit and a dangerous hit. He hit him from behind. Uh, he hit him at the hips, uh, when he was laying up, it was really late. And uh, you know when you when you're in a season like like the Elks are in, where you know there's there's not much to play for anymore, and you're very frustrated. Um, I, I can understand how Wilder uh, reacted to that. I, I'm not I'm not completely keen on the way he reacted. Uh, you know to go and tackle him and and uh, like it, it, if somebody had done that to me in that situation, let's let's put that into other sports terms like hockey terms. There would have been a throwdown fight. Um, but that, uh, you know, and, and, and that's something that, that, you know, professional athletes, you know, they get frustrated, they get, uh, um, they're, they're human beings, uh, when somebody, when you feel that somebody's trying to hurt you and that could have been, that could have been a very, very serious injury had he hit him a little bit lower. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I understand why he did that, but, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it just didn't look good at that time. And, uh, and, but Simone Lawrence is, uh, is that kind of a player and and that's what he's you know he's got a history of doing those kinds of things i think earlier in the game there was a helmet to helmet contact uh between so, uh, some, uh, simone lawrence and and uh and uh, cornelius and so i mean there was there was other issues and i think that's just something that built up um but uh you know having uh, obviously somebody that's you know played with the elks and you know he's always sort of had those kinds of games against the elks uh it, it's not understandable it's not uh, uh, um, you know, under uh, unusual that that uh, Wilder would have reacted that way, but uh, that I, it just it just didn't look good. Yeah. All right. So, is it is it this simple now, Blake? That if you're an Edmonton Elk and, and you're watching the Edmonton Elks, you're just hoping that the players have enough pride that sure they want to win games, but you also got to be motivated by the fact that you want to still be in the league next year. I, I mean, certainly coaches are going to notice and it'll be on game film. If, if players are coasting here, um, you know, I wonder if maybe some players have checked out a little bit, but is, is that where the motivation has to come from? You have to be a little bit selfish and think, Hey, I still want to play pro football next year. So I got to show something, whatever opportunity I get here the final couple of weeks. Absolutely, uh, Reed. That's that's the thing where, you know, these guys are still playing for contracts. You know, these guys are still, you know, it's uh, every team in the history of this league has gone through seasons like the Elks have gone through. Um, there, you know, I mean, you don't have to look very far to see the uh, the Ottawa Red Blacks. I mean, they've only got two wins. Of course, those two wins coming at the, at the hands of the Elks, but they're they're in the same boat in the same situation. You, as management, as coaching staff, as as, uh, as fans, you're you're evaluating these guys on on their effort every game, and uh, and this certainly is something that you know with with the limited amount of games that they have left, um, guys want to go out and play and give their best effort, and and it's noticeable, especially in a sport like football, where 
it's it's a physical game. It can be a violent game. Um, when you're not going 100%, first of all, you can get injured. I mean, look at the, the amount of players that are out. And look at the key players that are out. Ellingson's out. Wilder's out. Walker's out. Um, uh, Costigan's out. There's a, a lot of guys that are injured, so there's going to be a lot of new faces fighting for jobs for next year, trying to showcase themselves. And, and uh, I'm, gl- I'm glad Ceresna's back in, although they say that it, 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 that could be a game-day decision. But, you know, he's gone through some horrific uh, stuff in the last couple of weeks with the passing of his mother. And, and uh, this is a guy that's on the roster. And this is a guy that plays hard every game. And, uh, you know, I'm, he's, 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 he's only been here for a short period of time. But I, I want to say that uh, in the time that I've watched him, he's, he's definitely one of the leaders on the Selks team. And, and those are the kinds of guys... That, that have to be able to bring the other players, the younger players along. So uh, because because this is, you know, there's going to be another season. There's going to be a season next year. There's going to be uh, uh, an evaluation by coaching staff. It may not be the same the same organization that's running it with respect to management and coaching staff. I don't know. Um, that's yet to be seen in the offseason. But but this is, this is something that these guys have to, if you want a job, you have to play well and you have to prove that you can play in this league. Is this a? I mean, you're an analyst for us. Is it a tough year to be an alum, just to see everything that's going on? I mean, you still want the team to do well, obviously, and they're and also ran. Not a lot of fans at the stadiums, all that kind of stuff. Well, I'm 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 a fan. Uh, number one, I mean, I, I I grew up in the city. I've uh, I've lived in the city my whole life. Um, this is the only team that I really cheered for. Um, you know, uh, in this league, obviously. Um, and I played for them for a long time, so yeah, it, it hurts, and it's tough to be, it's tough to be positive when this happens. But there's, been, as I said, there's been other years. I remember, uh, um, you know, ten years ago, they, they uh, or the first year that, and all the years that I played, and, and the Elks or the you know the previous organization, the name of that team, um, went set a, a professional sports record. This I can't remember what it was, but it was almost like 30 years in a row making the playoffs. And the first year they didn't make the playoffs, I felt, oh my god, I, like I. Every year that I played, 14 years I played, we always made the playoffs. We were in the the, uh, uh, the Western Final nine times. We were in the Grey Cup five times, you know, and, and previous to that was five Grey Cup wins. So, yes, if you're a fan of this league and this organization and, and this team, it's been a very difficult year. Um, but you also know that uh, this organization is, is not immune to those kinds of the ebb and flow of some years are good, some years are not. And this is a year where they're definitely not good. And this is a year where they're going to have to make a lot of changes in the offseason. And uh, and I have confidence in you know the board of directors and the, the executive that's involved. They're going to make the right decisions and put the right people in, in, in place to be able to get this team back into a winning situation. And I think they, they have to do a complete evaluation of what, well, first of all, what does it mean to be an elk? What does it mean to be part of this organization with the history that they have? And they have to go out and find those types of players. And I think over the last couple of years, what's probably happened was they were trying to find the best player, but we know that a team of the best players, you know, I I remember uh, Jim Donlevy, we won the national championship in college in 1980, and we had one, I think, one All-Canadian on our team. And and I remember him saying it's better to have an All-Canadian team than a team of All-Canadians. And so this is, when I look at this organization, I say this, you know, it's better to have a team, uh, like an all-star team, than a team of all-stars. And this is obviously not a team of all-stars. And, and, you know, going together and trying to put this team together, they sort of went out to try to find the best player, but that obviously didn't work within the locker room. Yeah. 
All right, Blake. Well, we appreciate it, buddy. Of course, we'll still be talking to you through uh, to you throughout the uh, the football season, and uh, we'll have you on the day after Winnipeg does indeed win the Grey Cup in about six weeks. Okay. <laughs> You know, when that doesn't happen, <laughs> you're yes, going to owe me a we'll coffee. See. I absolutely will, for sure. Thanks, Blake. <laughs> All right, Reed. Thank you very much. Talk to you later. That is Blake Durbett uh, checking in. Yeah, tough year for the Elks, and uh, I think he gave some good perspective there and perhaps what they're going to need to focus on to uh, bounce back next year. 721. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Inside Sports on 630 Chat. Harper took out Cassian, misplayed by Duchesne. Centered pass, one-timer score. Shore, a brilliant feed from Warren Fogle. And Devin Shore has finished for his first of the year. Yeah, it felt awesome. Yeah, it's it's fun to score, uh, and it's fun to score at home, you know, with the crowd. It's been a while uh, for me personally since I did that, and, you know, it's exciting stuff, so it was all good. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a guy, he's an honest player, just works, and, uh, you know, last night we were just looking to flipped things up a little bit. He went up with those guys and gave, you know, seemed to have a little energy there. So he's, a, he's just a real good pro. You can put him in a lot of situations. It was he had a really good camp, and then he uh, twisted up his ankle a little bit there. And, uh, you know, now he looks like he's getting back up to speed again. So he's uh, he, he can play a lot of different situations for us. So good, good solid pro. We, we have a really deep group. And it's exciting, really. So if, if things are, if, if the coaches feel like they want to switch things up and they, they put things in the blender a little bit, it's, it's no worries. Like, you know, you're going to be playing with great players. So, um, yeah, I, I, obviously they, they work tremendously hard, as I, I believe everyone in the, in the bottom six has been doing. Uh, they're, they're great on the cycle. Um, they make good plays with confidence. So, yeah, no, that was, uh, it, it worked out. And, and moving forward, if, if it stays great, if not, that's great too, because, uh, you know, we all we all have a job, and we, we know what makes ourselves individually successful, and then hopefully that'll translate into team success. Devin Shore scores last night. He got moved onto the line with Fogel and Cassian. That's how they practiced again today at Rogers Place. Hear from Kevin Lowe, and we'll set up the Oil Kings weekend when we get back. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.